Okay, today's daf is the last daf of Masech Chagiga, Chagiga daf Chav Zayin. We are holding all the way on the bottom of daf Chav Vav Amar Aleph. So we're a little ways away uh, from finishing the Masechta and the Seder. Uh, today we're going to discuss, we've already discussed how the Ameya Aretz, during the times of the Regalim, even though they typically are considered to be Tameh, during times of Regalim are not considered to be Tameh, but because the Ameya Aretz have pretty much free reign when they're running around the Beis Hamikdash throughout the course of the Regal, after the Regal they need to do something about it. They need to be Metaher, the entire Azara. So the, the Mishnah and the Gemara is going to discuss how they would be Metaher, all the different Kalim of the Azara, and which Kalim did not require Tahara, and most of Chavav and Bez is going to talk about why the Mizbeach uh, is never able to become Tameh, and therefore doesn't require Tahara. We're going to talk about the role of the Menorah as well, and then on Chavzayin Amaral, we're going to talk about the fact that the Shulchan of a person is Mechaper, just like the Mizbeach used to be Mechaper, and we're going to talk about two different types of people that the Eish Shal Gehenim doesn't affect, both Tamide Chachamim as well as, ironically, Rishaim, that the Eish Shal Gehenim doesn't uh, doesn't consume them. But let us begin with the Mishnah on the bottom, the second to last Mishnah, on the bottom of Chav Vav Amr Aleph, five lines before the end of the page. Misha Avar Aregel, once the Regal was over, Ma'avirun El Taras Azara, they had to go over and be Metar everything in the Azara. Avar Aregel Yom Shishi, but if the Yom Tov was over, only leaving a Yom Shishi in between the end of Yantif and Shabbos, meaning the last day of Yantif was on a Thursday, Lo Hayum Avirun Mekvara Shabbos, then they would not have time to do it because of Kavot Shabbos they wouldn't uh, they would too, be too busy preparing for Shabbos they wouldn't have time to be Metaher the uh, to be Metaher the Azara Rabbi Yehuda Omer Aflo Biyom Hey Sheinu Kahanam Penuin Rabbi Yehuda says even if it was on Thursday they wouldn't have time they would have to designate both Thursday and Friday for preparations for Shabbos and they wouldn't have time to be Metaher the Azara for in time for Shabbos Rashi says that they would wait till after Shabbos and after the Shabbos they would be Matbil all of the Kalim Turi Evan raises a very strong kasha. He says, "Why couldn't they be tovel the kelim on Shabbos? Tvilas klei amigdash was done in the in the uh, was done in the azara. And if it was done in the azara, we know that, and the whole issue of being tovel kelim on Shabbos is an issue to Rabbanan of tikkun mana. So the they should have been able to do it to do it on Shabbos because ain't shvus b'migdash. Uh, so they why why couldn't they just do it on Shabbos? Why did they have to wait till achara Shabbos? So the Turi Evan suggests that yeah, it's true that it's a shvus and it's true that it was in the migdash and generally." But every once in a, in a while you find that even Yisurim Drabanan apply in the base of Migdash. And what example does he give? And here's our Dafyomi coincidence of the day. The example he gives is Lulav and Arava. That Lulav and Arava are done in the uh, Minatora. They're both Nitop and Migdash, Kol Shiva Simea Sukkos, for all seven days of Sukkos. But nevertheless, Cham said that Lulav is Loyinatel except for day one. That's Chal B'Shabbos. If any other day falls on Shabbos, you don't take Lulav in the Migdash. And Arava only on, on Yom Shvi only on the seventh day, if it's Chal B'Shabbos, not any of the other days, even though Midaraisa can be, so apparently we're knowing V'yasad Rabbanan, even though it's, uh, even, we're knowing V'yasad Rabbanan, even though uh, the, the, it, it, we're in the Migdash, and generally speaking, ain't Shavos B'Migdash. Says the Gemara, Tana, She'ena Kohanim P'nuyin Milahotzi Badashen. The reason that the Kohanim were so busy and that they didn't have time 
to be mitar the azara when they had to get ready for Shabbos is because they had to clear off the desha and the giant pile of ashes that accumulated on top of the mizbech. Next Mishnah, Ketzad Ma'avirin al Taras Hazara. How would they go about being Metar the Azara? Matbilin as Hakelim Shoyib Migdash. They would be Matbil all of the Kalim that were in the Migdash that might have become Tame from Ameya Aretz. Va'omrin lahem Hizaru Shalotigu Beshulchan. But they would tell the Ameya Aretz the whole time throughout the course of Regal, just do us a favor, don't touch the Shulchan. Be careful not to touch the Shulchan because that's going to cause problems. If you're Metame the Shulchan, we're not going to be able to be Metarid afterwards. Who were they? So who would they say this to? Rashi says the Kohanim Amea Aretz Beregel. They would specifically on Regel tell this to the Kohanim who are Amea Aretz. And Tosus points out that the reason it's Dafka the Kohanim Amea Aretz is because the Kohanim were the, the Amea Aretz that were Kohanim were the ones that entered the Heichel to be Mishtachaveh because the Yisrael couldn't go into the Heichel anyway. Even Beinulam Lemizbech the Yisrael couldn't go. It was only the Kohanim who might have touched the Shulchan had we not warned them that they shouldn't touch the Shulchan. It's interesting, Tosas writes on the top of base that why would the Kohanim go into the Eichel, the Kohanim Amaris, lehishtachavos, to be mishtachaveh. Probably Tosas is, uh, is alluding to the fact that if they weren't going to do anything, then they weren't allowed to just walk in. They had to go in for some sort of purpose, and hishtachavah is enough of a purpose to go in. That if that's their, if that's their goal, if that's what they were trying to, to go for, that would, be, uh, that would be perfectly permissible. So, uh, so they would warn them in advance not to touch the Shulchan, because if the Shulchan would become Tame, then we'd be stuck. Kala Kalim Shayyibim Mikdash, Yeshlem Shneem Ushlishim. All the Kalim they had in the base of Mikdash, they were seconds and thirds of each of the Kalim in the base of Mikdash. Shem Nitmu Arishanim Yavi Ushneem Tachtayan. So that if the original Kli would ever become Tame, they could always bring the backup Kli. They could always bring the second one that they had prepared. Every kli that they had in the base of Migdash would require tevila if it became tamei. Except for the mizbeach hazav and mizbeach hanachoshes. And Rav Lazar explains that the reason mizbeach hazav and mizbeach hanachoshes were different is that they have a din of karka. Karka is not mekabel so the mizbechos were not mekabel They didn't have to worry about being metaher then. But vechacham said that no, the reason they were not the simple reading of the Mishnah sounds like it's saying the reason they were not Mechabal Tumah was that they were, they, they were, they were lined with, uh, with metal on the outside they were, they were plated with metal that's why they were not Mechabal Tumah the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question, that would be a reason for them to yes be Mechabal Tumah, not a reason for them not to be Mechabal Tumah, so we're going to have to discuss in the Gemara what exactly the Chachamim are driving at, what the sheet of the Chachamim is really all about Tana hizaru shematigo bashulchan uba menorah. Now our Mishnah says that they would warn the Amei Aretz over the course of the regel that they shouldn't touch bashulchan, that they shouldn't touch the shulchan because if they're metame the shulchan, we're not going to be able to be metaher the shulchan. And we'll see why that is, why they couldn't just be metaher the shulchan. But the uh, the brisa adds that it's not just the shulchan; it's the menorah also that they would warn them: don't touch the shulchan or the menorah. So the Tana Didan, my time alone, Tani Menorah. Why didn't our Mishnah say Menorah? Why is our Mishnah only concerned about the Shulchan, not the Menorah? And says Gemara, Shulchan Ksiv Beit Hamid, Menorah Lo Ksiv Bat Hamid. Because about the Shulchan, it says that it's got to stay there constantly. The Shulchan can't be moved, so they can't take it out to be Metairit. He's not allowed to move it; it has to stay there. But the Menorah, it doesn't say Tamid by the Menorah. It doesn't say Tamid by the Menorah. It says three times by the Menorah. It constantly says it says all the time by the Menorah Tamid. 
Talmud. So says uh, Rashi. Now, what does it mean? Lo ksev v'tamid kolomar t'midin ha'amurin b'menorah lo tamid yamam v'layla ka'amar. When it says tamid by the menorah, it doesn't mean tamid as in a full twenty-four hour period of seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day. Ella tamid mi layla lelayla. It means consistently, not constantly. Tamid can mean either of those of those words. It could mean consistently that it's done each and every day, or it could mean constantly, where it's 24-7 on a constant basis. For example, Rashi points out, the Karban Tamid, it's done consistently, but it's not done constantly. It's done each and every day, twice a day, but you don't have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where you bring the Karban Tamid. The Shulchan's Tamid is constantly. The Shulchan has to be, Tamid has to always has to always be there. But the Menorah says, Rashi, I'll bring you a Raya, that it doesn't have to be constant, because the Gemara, the, the, the Gemara Dashans from the that one is supposed to it says Meir Vad Boker in the Pasuk, so the Gemara Darshins that Tain Lamidas Hashem and Sheesh Vakadeli Dalik Meir Vad Boker. That you're only supposed to put in enough oil that it should stay lit. Meir Vad Boker. Well, if it has to be Tamid, shouldn't you need oil to keep it lit for 24 hours? No, you see that the whole the whole day it doesn't uh, need to be lit. It only needs to be lit. Meir Vad Boker. So it means that it should be consistently done, not constantly done. Tosos is bothered by this. Tosos and Dibra Maskel Menorah about halfway through the Tosos asks. That it sounds that the Nerma Ravi was lit all day long, and that was the Ner that they would use to light the other Neros with, and probably we derived the Nerma Ravi status from the word Tamid, that it has to be constant, that there has to be constant lighting of the menorah. And he says that it's also problematic, though, because it has the same amount of oil that all the other neighbors have. So how is it that it's going to last the full 24 hours? He says the Nerma Ravi had to stay lit constantly. I had only had the same amount of oil as all the other neighbors. It was a nace that it would stay lit constantly. And if it didn't stay lit constantly, they would have to relight it in the morning because the Nerma Ravi had to always be lit. So Tosus assumes that uh, that the, the Ner did have to be lit the entire time. Not like Rashi, where it was only over, through the course of the night. So three-way Machlokas Rishonim, really. The Rambam also has, uh, has an interesting approach to this. The, the, the issue of whether the Ner needs to be lit during the, uh, during the nighttime, during the daytime, rather, is, uh, is an interesting discussion in the Rishonim. But anyway, the reason our Tana doesn't include Menorah is because the Menorah can be moved and you can be retired the Menorah. It says the Gemara. What about the the Tan of the Bryce? So what does he do about the fact that the menorah do, that the menorah can be you can be matar the menorah? Why does he think that they cannot be viidach kiven dechsev as a menorah nocha hashulchan keman dechsev batamidami? Since it says that the menorah always needs to be opposite the shulchan and the shulchan is constantly there, that means that the menorah also has to constantly be there. Viidach and the Tan of our mission would say no. That pasuk is only telling us where in the base Amigdash they placed the. The menorah. It wasn't telling us that the menorah has to always be there the same way the shulchan has to always be there. 
Frek the Gemara, but wait a second. Even leaving all this aside, v'tebukli dekli eitz ha'asu l'nachasu, v'kokli eitz ha'asu l'nachas, lo mitameh. That instead of saying that, uh, that the shulchan, meaning why is it that we were so careful that the Amir shouldn't touch the shulchan because we can't remove the shulchan, we're not going to be able to take it out to be mitar. Forget it, it's not going to become tameh anyway. Any kliets ha'asu l'nachas, any kliets that, that's made big enough that it's supposed to stay in one place and is never ever supposed to be moved is not going to be able to be so granted we can't take it out to be metarit, but we should never need to be metarit even if the Amiyarids do touch it. Let the Amiyarids touch it, it will become and, and it won't become Tame anyway. So you won't have to take it out. So why do we have to be Mazir the Amiyarids? Be careful throughout the course of the regal not to touch it. This is a Kliate Ha'asulanachas. Answers Gemara, my taima, why is it that a Kliatos and Nachas is not Mekabal Tumah? Dumyo disak ba'inan. That any Tumah has to be similar to the Tumah of a sack. Masak mitalta molivrekam, just like a bag is, uh, or a sack is, is, is able to be moved, both when it's full and, and when it's empty. If it's not able to be moved when it's empty, when it's full rather, then it's a, uh, then, then it's a useless sack. The whole point is that you should be able to store things and move things. Afkol mitalta, afkol mitalta, so too, only those kalim that can be moved when they are mitalta malivrekam are able to be mekabel tuma. So hainami mitalta malivrekam hu. Well, you want to say that the shulchan is a kli eta asul nachas? It's not really. It's mitalta malivrekam. We move it when it's when, when it's both empty and when it's full. It could be moved, and we do move it when it's full. When do we move the shulchan when it's full? Kedreish lakish, like reish lakish taught. Dam reish lakish maiduchsiv ala shulchan atahar. What does the pasuk mean when it says "ala shulchan atar mechal shu tami"? That implies that it's tamei. Vamai kliets also l'nachas uvein mekabel tuma. After all, it's a kliets also l'nachas. It should not be mekabel tuma. So why why should the shulchan ever become tamei? El melamet shemagbiin also umarin ba laole regalim lechem apanim. No, this teaches that they would lift up the shulchan and they would show it to the ole regalim. They would show the lechem apanim to the ole regalim. Why would they show the lechem apanim to the ole regalim? They would say to them, Look at how beloved you are, Takodesh Baruch Hu. Siluko Kisiduro. The Lechem Apanim is every bit as something. Machlokas Rashi tells us every bit as what? Every bit as fresh, every bit as, as warm. It's every bit as something as it was uh, when, when we first put it on the Shulchan a week earlier. It remains just as soft, just as fresh, just as warm as it was when they put it on the Shulchan. A week later, it maintains all that freshness and, and or warmth. Uh, week later. That's the great miracle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu performs, and that's a, a sign of the great love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for Klal Yisrael. I never fully appreciated the miracle of the uh, Lechem Apanim maintaining its softness until you realize that the Lechem Apanim is Matzah, right? It's not, uh, it's not Chametz. That's the, uh, the Klatzkash that the people ask, how did they have Lechem Apanim on Pesach? So they, they had Lechem Apanim on Pesach because it was Matzah. So you're allowed, to have, you're allowed to have it constantly. It was Matzah. If you ever had a Svarti Matzah, the thick matzahs, if you take it out of the freezer for like even uh, 20 minutes and you just leave it there and you let it defrost and you don't warm it up, you just leave it there, it becomes like a brick. You, you mamish can't, uh, when, when dough doesn't have a chance to rise, it's not really very good. So you can't, you can't bite into it at all. The fact that it remained fresh, like when they first took it out of the oven, is, uh, is, is, is doubly impressive considering the fact that it was, uh, that it was a matzah and it was a tefachai matzah so it really should have been like a brick. After, after an hour it would turn into a brick and, and it a week later, it was still soft, it was still fresh. Reb Levi says there was a great miracle that happened with the Lechem Apanim, the same way it was when they would put it on the Shulchan, it 
say remain the same way when they would take her off the shulchan. So that's the pasuk that teaches us that on the day that it was taken off, it was the same as it was when it was uh, when it, when it was originally put on the shulchan. Now Tosos of your siluka kisiduro Tosos writes, what does it mean siluka kisiduro leinian shayarach, meaning that it was just as soft as when they put it on. I why don't you say that it was just as warm as when they put it on? Tosos says because it wasn't warm when they put it on. They would bake the lechem apanim on erev Shabbos and they'd put the lechem apanim on the shulchan on Shabbos. So by that time it wasn't warm anymore. And that's why uh, you can't say that it's about the warmth of it. You have to say it was about the softness of the lechem apanim rather than the warmth of the lechem apanim, which is, uh, then tells us to suggest, or maybe it was warm also because maybe they would leave it in the oven overnight. They would, uh, keep it, they would bake it on erev Shabbos, leave it in the oven overnight, and then they would take it out of the oven and put it on the, uh, on the shulchan while it was still somewhat warm. There's a chuvan marsham in Chelek Beisim and Ches, where he was asked about a minog that women had, that if they would forget to take the bread out of the oven overnight, they assumed that it was Yeshba Mishum Sakana, and they wouldn't need it because of a Sakana. And they asked the Marsham whether that's something that's worthy of being Choshesh for. And he said that absolutely not. It's something that we should not be Choshesh for. And he said, it's right. It's from this Toso, Siluka Kisiduro. Toso says, that's what they did in the Beis HaMikdash. They kept it in the oven all night, possibly, potentially. They kept it in the oven all night. And that's why it was still warm when they, when they used it the next day. So if they weren't worried about it in the Beis HaMikdash, we shouldn't be worried about any sort of Sakana either. But then he says, maybe that's not really such a great Raya because uh, there, there was no Ruach Ra in the Beis HaMikdash. Anything that's uh, it's Asr Misham Gilui, that we're afraid a snake is going to get to it and deposit its venom or something like that, that's so you could be Choshish in the, 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 the Beis HaMikdash uh, as well. But something that's uh, Mishum Ruach Ra, there never had to be a concern in the Beis HaMikdash, Mishum, uh, Mishum Ruach Ra. I mean, the Lechem Apanam, obviously, it had to be something that was mutter to eat. Any, first of all, anything that we do for Avod, anything we feed to HaKadosh Baruch has to be mutter to eat, but we, all, we don't just feed the Lechem Apanam to HaKadosh Baruch we feed it to Kohanim. So it would have had to, that's the basis of the whole raya. But he says maybe it's not such a good raya because maybe ruach ra is a concern outside of the base of Mikdash, but it's not as much of a concern in the base of Mikdash itself. Uh, the Rambam writes in Hilchos Mishkov Moshe of Perikid Aleph that after the regal on Matzoy Yom Tov they'd be matbil all the kelim that were in the Mikdash because Amayaretz touched on regal b'shasachag and therefore they would tell the uh, Amayaretz don't touch the shulchan b'shar shemarinos alaleregalim kedeshli atamim ago achar regal. Interesting. The Rambam says that they would tell the Amayaretz not to touch the shulchan when he doesn't say when the Amayaretz would come in to be mishtachava at the time that they would be mare the shulchan to the alaleregalim. That's when the Kohane Ameyaretz had to be warned, don't touch the, uh, the Shulchan. So the, uh, the Achronim uh, Armadaik from the Rambam, the fact that he doesn't say like Rashi and Tosos, that they were Masu the Kohanim Bistam, who would just walk in, the Ameyaretz who would walk in to, uh, to maybe go near the Shulchan, that he holds that they would be Motzi the Shulchan out to the Heichal, that they didn't keep the Shulchan where it was, they would bring it out to the Heichal, and that's where they would show it to everybody, that's where they would make the big demonstration, Ruchi Baskim Makom, look how beloved you are, Takor. Baruch Hu. That's what it sounds like from the Rambam, but the Achronim asked that how could they do that? Lechur, that's, that's a bit of the din of the Fanai Tamid. The whole thing, we said they can't take it out to Tovalit. Why can't they take it out to Tovalit? Because there's a din of Tamid. It has to always be there. So why are they allowed to take it out to the, uh, to the Heichal? So some, some suggest that it's Gzair Sakasov, that, it's, uh, that, that uh, from the fact that it says the Shulchan Atar, the Torah is being Megalitas, that sometimes it's 
like the Gemara says that you have to rem- you have to move it at some at some point, even though there's din of tamid. So, uh, but there's uh, there's also the competing din of uh, of 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 uh, the fact that uh, that the pasuk indicates that it will be moved at some point. So the Rambam holds that if they didn't take it outside, you can't say that then there would be no way the nace would be nicker anyway, because no one would be able to see what was going on. So they had to take it out to the Hechel in order to uh, to show everybody. Some of the Rishonim say no, that everyone would be able to see because you could see the the uh, the steam rising. If it was the heat of the of the lechem, they would still see the steam rising from it, even from uh, from very far away. Okay, frankly, Gemara Vaiter now, Vitepukli Mishum Tsipoi asks Gemara, instead of saying that it's Mekabal Tumah, because you can sometimes move it, even if you can't sometimes move it, it should be Mekabal Tumah anyway, because it's Mitsupa, it's Mitsupa with metal. So for that reason, it should be Mekabal Tumah. Datnan, because the Mishnah says that uh, that 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 the when you have a kli that is uh, that is made of one material but is uh, but is plated with another material, we look at the plating in determining what type of kli it is. So if it's a kli adama and it's plated with uh, metal, the halach is it would have a din of a metal kli. The Mishnah is going to tell us hashulchan v'adulfaki shenifchasu or shechipun b'shayish v'shir be'amakom anachas kosos tamei. If you have this kli that's plated with uh, with stoneware, but if there's one area that's not fully Plated, then we view it as the uh, the material of the kli itself and not of the plating. Rabbi Yudah says even the place where you would just put things down on it, if it's the plating is not a full plating, we would view it as uh, as the material that the kli is made out of, not the material of the plating. But bottom line is, if it is fully plated, the the clear assumption of the Mishnah is that we follow the plating to determine the status of the kli, and therefore. <coughs> Therefore, when when we say that uh, that the mizbeach and the choshes is a din of karka, it should not have a din of karka. It should have a din of uh, of, of, of a techas, because it was it was plated. So says Gemara v'chitei m'shayna atzishitim dechashivi v'lobatli anything or the shulchan rather that uh, regardless of the kliat status of it, it shouldn't be a kliat. It should be a klimatechas. V'chitei anything to say shiny atzishitim that the atzishitim are different dechashivi v'lobatli because the atzishitim that the shulchan was made from are so chashiv that it's not going to be bottle when you plate it that works very well according to Reish Lakish that works very well according to Reish Lakish who makes such distinctions between Chashavakalim and less Chashavakalim where he says the Chashavakalim are not going to be bottle to their uh, to their plating but the less Chashavakalim will be bottle to their plating so then it makes sense to say that the Shulchan is so Chashav the Atzei Shittim that it's made from are so chashuv that it's not going to be bottled to the plating. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, that it's bottled even by a kli that's very chashuv, the kli is going to be bottled to the to the plating. So then what are you going to say? Why is it that the shulchan anyway would have a, st- a status of a kli eight? You should say that the shulchan should be should be makabal tumah even if it's not mitaltel mali v'reikam uh, because of the fact that it's mitzupa. And if you're going to say, well, there are two ways to plate something. You can plate something in a way where the plating becomes part of the kli, where it gets nailed into the kli and it's actually attached to the kli, 
Or you could plate something in a way where it just like fits over the clea. The plating just sort of fits like a glove over the clea, but isn't really attached to the clea. And maybe the shulchan had that second type of plating. Maybe the clay amigdash that were plated were plated in that way, the way we uh, the 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 aron clearly was right, where the uh, where it was three boxes, where the plating was clearly a separate box. Maybe that's a, that's the way the clay amigdash were made. As uh, Tosis points out, there's a reason we want to assume this way. They had uh, they had multiple shulchanos, so they had to uh, be able to move the, remove the plating more uh, more easily. So maybe that's what went on in the base hamikdash. Says Gemara, and therefore the plating would not be mevatel uh, the status of the kli itself. They asked what the tzipoy was. Was it something that was more permanent and was it something that covered the rims? It doesn't make a difference. Either way, it's considered the plating is considered the ikr, so it wouldn't matter what type of plating it is. So we see that can't be the answer. So again, we're back to the question. Why is it that you need to say that the shulchan is metal in order to say that it's Mechabal it should be Mechabal anyway, because it's plated, and the plating itself should be enough to make it Mechabal Ella, shiny shulchan. Rather, the Gemara says, no, you have to say the shulchan is different. Terachmana karya eights. Even though normally, if you have a kli eights, that's mitzupa with matachas, you would say the, the matachas is the, the status of the kli is a kli matachas. You don't say that over here, because the Pasuk specifically refers to it as eights. Tuchsev hamizbech eights shalosh amos gava gava varcho shtayim amos umiksaos of lo varcho vikros of eights vaydabre lai ze hashulchan asher levnei Hashem. So it's true. Pasach b'mizbech. The pasuk starts out by talking about hamizbech eights, but v'siyim b'shulchan. It ends up by talking about the shulchan. And Rabbi Yochanan v'shlakish tarmi tarvayu b'zman shavis migushkayim mizbech mechaper aladam achshav shulchan u'shaladam mechaper alav. That's to teach us that there's a link between one's shulchan and the mizbech. But certainly, the shulchan is referred to as eight, even though it was plated with metal, because that's Xeris HaKasav to tell us that the shulchan always has the status of eight. But it's interesting, the Gemara learns it's Varagada from this. The Gemara learns that, uh, that, that when the Beis HaMikdash was around, the way one would achieve Kapara was through the Mizbeach, through bringing Karbanas the, uh, by the Mizbeach. Now the way one achieves Kapara is through one's Shulchan. Uh, the the uh, Beis Yosef writes in Archaim Simon Kuf Pei, in the name of the Rokeach, that there's a minag that one has required to cover the knife Bishas Birchus HaMazon on a table. Because by the Mizbeach it says, Los Barzel, that you're not allowed to have Barzel on the Mizbeach, so uh, any knife that we have that's made out of Barzel, we cover Bishas Birchas Hamazon. The reason the Torah says not to have Barzel on the Mizbeach is because uh, it's not, it's Ainu Roy Mekatzer Alamarich. Barzel is Mekatzer uh, people's lives, and uh, the Mizbeach is supposed to be Ma'arich people's lives. So it's inappropriate, it's, it's, it doesn't fit to have the Mekatzer on the, uh, the Ma'arich. So the Shulchan is like the Mizbeach, and therefore we cover the knife as well. The Magnavram points out if that's the reason, then it should only be Sakin uh, Shal Barzel that it should be problematic. Any knife made out of anything else should not be problematic. You have a similar idea. Mishabura says a person shouldn't cut his tzitzis because uh, the with with uh, with with a knife. 
because uh, also that same idea that it's a mekatzer and it's inappropriate to use something that's mekatzer shnosim. So some of the achronim say, yeah. So if you have scissors made out of barzel, you shouldn't cut. But if it's not made out of barzel, then you can cut. Others say, no, any type of uh, of metal is going to be uh, problematic. Um, I used to always assume that we assume. I think the Mishabru even says that any type of metal is problematic. But someone told me Rabbi Sabolovsky said, no, if it's not barzel, it's fine. You could uh, or our scissors, not a knife, even it's just scissors. That it's totally fine. Most of the time, when you get that shaila, it's about little children, where their tzitzis are dragging on the floor because they're so short. So, uh, so you get the shaila about can you cut the tzitzis? So most of the time, it's not even a shaila because the children are below the age of chinuch for tzitzis. A katan yodei lesatif is chayiv in tzitzis. If he doesn't know how to do an itof, he's puts from tzitzis anyway. So okay, so we're knowing to give the kid a tzitzis with a picture of a choo choo train or something or a sefer torah on it when he's uh, when he's three years old or whatever when he's toilet trained whatever the uh, the minig is at the upshur whatever whatever the the minig is. So. Uh, Dintar rice is definitely not at the upsharing, but whatever the uh, whatever the the, the minig is when we uh, when we give the child sits, but it's not sits anyway. So you could uh, you could cut that probably that wouldn't be a problem anyway. But anyway, so this that's the reason Beis Yosef gives that you're being mekatzer shnosav. You can't take the thing that which is mekatzer and use it on the marich. The shibale aleket, however, quotes a different reason, probably the more well known reason because it's more um, intriguing that he says that pamachas uh, there was someone that was being mevarich birchas amazon and when he got to the brach of boni and you remember the Chorban Abayas, he took the knife on the table and he stabbed himself. And uh, right in the stomach, he stabbed himself. And based on that, they made a minute that we should take the knives off the table because we don't want people getting so distressed over the Chorban Abayas that people are going to be stabbing themselves left and right. So those, both of those reasons are quoted in the Orchus Chaim. And Beis Yosef writes that, uh, that the minute is that in Shabbos and Yantif, we don't cover the, the knife. But according to that reason, that you're afraid people are going to stab themselves, the Chorban should apply on Shabbos and, and Yantif as as well. Magen Avram writes for, in the name of the Levush that we're not mechalik between Shabbos and a weekday, but the Mishnah Brura says that we are mechalik between Shabbos and, and, and a weekday. Now it's also interesting, the Shulchan Aruch and the Post when they bring this din, they say you have to cover a knife, any knife that's on the table. The Taz points out in Simen Kufnun Aleph that in the Shulchan Aruch he says that he quotes another Allah about a knife that's inappropriate. They're not supposed to bring a knife into a base HaKnesses. You're not supposed to bring but the, over there the Shulchan Aruch says a Sakin Aruch, a long knife one should not bring into a base HaKnesses. Now, you don't bring weapons into a base HaKnesses. It's a major issue in Hezer Yeshivas in, uh, in Israel that, uh, that the, the people who come back who are serving in the army, so they'll come and they'll have their guns, but you're not allowed to bring a gun into a base medrash. But if they leave their gun outside the base medrash, they'll be, they'll be court-martialed. They'll be uh, punished severely by the army. They can't just be leaving guns around. So some of the Yeshivas started, uh, started up, uh, putting lockers outside of the base medrash that the, the, uh, that the soldiers should be able to put their guns but uh, it's, it's a real issue. You're not allowed to go into a base uh, HaKnesses with a long knife. But Frek the Taz, why only a long knife? When it comes to the Sakin Shalah Shulchan, we say any knife, and it's not just a long knife. So the Taz says, well, it's much easier to avoid bringing a, uh, you know, the Sakin Shalah Shulchan is so easy, you just have to cover it up, as opposed to finding a place to put your knife when you're going into a base HaKnesses. So it would just be more makeable to say it's only a long knife, only the knife that someone would look at and say, oh, that thing looks like a weapon. So only, only then we're going to be uh, mocked about something like that. Um, okay. 
the uh, let, let's see the Gemara Vaitu now. All the Kalim Vesa Migdash had uh, had backup Kalim as well. So Mizbech and Choshes to Chsiv Mizbech Adama Tasli that Mizbech and Choshes Pasuk says Mizbech Adama says Rashi a Kas of Kara Adam LeMizbech Shemalin Olav HaOlos VaShlamim VaHainu Mizbech and Choshes that it refers to uh, the, the it refers to the the uh, the Mizbech as Adama because they they bring the Olos and Shlam that was a reference to the Mizbech and Choshes. Now that pasuk itself didn't teach us that there was more than one yet. The limud is still coming. And we compare the two the, the two mizbechos to each other. So since one is uh, is plural, the other is plural as well. That they must have had backups for all of them. Now the chacham had said that uh, cryptic, difficult to understand line in the Mishnah. That no, you want to understand why the mizbech and the choshes and the mizbech hazav are not mekabel tuma. It's not because they're like karka. Rather, it's because they are mitsupa. But frankly, gemara adraba kivin de mitsupa ninhu. Mitamu. If they're mitzupa, that should be a reason that they should be tame. That's not a reason that they shouldn't be tame. Now you have to read the Mishnah differently. That the Chams say they are mikabel tuma because of the fact that they're mitzupa. Not that they're not mikabel They are mikabel tuma. Or you could say the Rabbanon are, are responding to Rabbi saying, Why is it that you learn the fact that they're not mikabel tuma from the fact that it's called Adama? implying that otherwise it would be Mechabal Tumah, Mishum de Mitzupin, Miftal Batal Tzipuyin Gabayu. So you should say that uh, that 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 the Tzipuy is Mevatal, and therefore it has a din of, uh, of Klimatechas. That's why uh, it, you should need the Pasuk. Meaning, why would you say that the reason is, is, is because it's called Adama, and had it not been called Adama, it would have been uh, it, it would have been Tameh, even though it's also the Nechas, it's Mepreshen Mitzupin, and you say that the tzipu is mevatel and has a din of uh, klimatchus. So he said, Miftel batel the Torah calls it eights, and uh, without that pasuk, it would also be mekabel tuma. are not affected by the orshal gehenim, by the fire of gehenim. It's a kalvachomer from the salmandara. It's uh, Rashi says, what is a salmandara? It's a chaya hanivres mina or some type of creature that. That's created from fire. If you have a fire going straight for seven years constantly without breaking at all, then a salmandara comes out. Then you have this uh, this type of creature that comes out. So since it comes from fire, it's uh, it's it, the, the uh, fire doesn't doesn't affect it. It's a fire retardant. Now uh, the Rebbe Kivegar and Gilead Shas points out they got to look in Rashi and Chul and Kulchav Zayin because uh, over there the Gemara goes through. The uh, the Shmona Shratzim, the eight uh, the eight Shratzim that are Tameh and Naasur uh, eat and Salmandara is one of them. And Rashi has a very different description over there of a Salmandara. It's not something that comes that comes from fire. He says it's like a Sharetz. It's a it's a regular creature like any other creature. So the Achronim point out probably you see from Rashi that there are two different types of Salmandara. Over here we're talking about this uh, mysterious uh, Salmandara that comes from the fire. And the Kalvachomer runs as follows: Oma 
Darsha told us Eishi. If it's Salman Dara, which is a result of fire, Hasach Midama in Orshaletasbo. And if a person uh, puts uh, puts its dam on him, the uh, the he 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 rubs the dam all over his skin, so it's going to be a fire retardant. The fire won't affect him at all. Tamidechachamisha Kol Gufanesh, a Tamilchacham, where their entire body is fire. Tichsiv Halokod Varai Keishnu Umashem. The words of Torah are like Eish Hashem says. Then Alachas Kama Vakama. All the more so, fire is not going to affect him. Some of the Acharim says, yes, yeah, so why does why did Tamidicham get burned by fire? He says, obviously, the, 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 we're not talking about a physical fire over here. The, the, the ish that the Tamid have is not a physical fire. It's a Ruchnius fire. So the Ruchnius fires of Ganim aren't going to affect the Tamid But that's how we learn that the Tamid are not affected by the fires of Ganim. The Gemara in Chul and Chuv again, as I mentioned before, mentions the Shemona Shratzim, and one of them is the Salmadara. In Sanhedrin, the Salmadara also comes up. Sanhedrin, Samachimlon Beis, says, a Melech Yehuda, his father wanted uh, to to sacrifice him to Molech, and his mother found out what his plans, what the father's plans were. So his mother took Salmandara and rubbed it all over his skin, so that nothing would happen to him. And it worked. And uh, when when the father tried to burn him in the Molech, he he didn't burn at all. He was uh, he was fine. It was so so it worked. So the Sefer Anaf Yosef on the on the Enyak, uh, on the in the Chulin says, wait a second. Dama Sheretz is Tame. And if uh, Salmandara is one of the Shemona Shratzim, it should have made Chizkiyot Tame. Now, if it, uh, and, and it, 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 you got to say that this is something that stays in the skin forever, because if it could easily be washed off, then his father should have just washed it right off or wiped it right off. Why, why didn't he think of that? So it must be that this is something that stays in the skin forever. So Chizkiyot had this, was Tame the entire time that he was, he was Zoha to, to Shechina, he was Zoha to, 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 to encounter the Shechina, Baruch HaKodesh, he was able to see Baruch HaKodesh while he was Betuma. How does that work? So the Akronim again suggests, no, it's a totally different Salman this is not one of the Shmona Shratzim that's Tameh. This is a different kind of Salmandara that, uh, that he had. That's what the acronym suggests you have to say over here. Amre Shlakish, Ein Orshal Gehenim Shaletas Beposha Yisrael. The Orshal Gehenim doesn't affect uh, the, uh, or doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't affect, let's say, the Posha Yisrael, the negligent ones of Kal Yisrael, the people who do Averos. Kalvacham Rami Mizbeach Hazav, and it's learned, it's derived from a Kalvachomer from the Mizbeach Hazav. Ma Mizbeach Hazav, Shein Alavel, Ovidin. If the Mizbech Azov only had just a thin plating, the thickness of a dinar of gold on it, and nevertheless the or didn't uh, didn't consume it, it didn't affect it at all, and it remained perfectly fine. Poshe Yisrael, Shemlei and Mitzvos Kerimon. Poshe Yisrael, who are full of mitzvos, like a rimon, like a pomegranate. Dechsev, Kepelech HaRimon Rakasech. And we say, I'll take a Rakasech, Ella, the full drasha is, the, the wording is messed up in the last line. It makes it uh, anticlimactic a little bit. But we, you, have to, you have to fix the gears over here. That it's, Al Tikar Rakasech, Ella Rekasech. Sha'afilu Rekanen Shabach, Malei and Mitzvos Kerimon. Alachas Kama Vakama. That it says, Rekasech, even the most empty members of Klali, Israel are Malay and Mitzvos Karimon, so all the more so that the uh, that the fires of Gehenim are not going to affect the Poshe Yisrael. Tosus deals with the fact that what do we mean the fires of Gehenim don't affect the Poshe Yisrael? Who do the fires of Gehenim do affect then? And what about the fact that Poshe Yisrael begufan are Gehenim Kalim Vehemenim Kalim that they're going to burn for so long in Gehenim that uh, they they, they uh, even when Gehenim is over they they haven't even suffered enough yet. So uh, and it's very difficult to say that that's what Talmidei Chacham and Poshe 
Poshe Yisrael have in common that Tamidicham and Poshe Yisrael are both not affected by the fires of Gehenim. Tosim Sachzerev in Asikasha, Tosim Sachzerev says Poshe Yisrael Peneha Mashkiros Meisha Gehenim. Their faces become blackened from the uh, fires of Gehenim, as opposed to Midicham, where it doesn't affect them at all. Meaning, it sounds like for the Poshe Yisrael that it's not all good. The fact that they uh, that the the fires of Gehenim don't consume them, they are affected in some way by the fires of Gehenim. But you see the Koach of Mitzvos that uh, that even the Poshe Yisrael are Malay and Mitzvos Karimon, and those Mitzvos do in fact help a person out. Hadin Lacham Rakol Shliklam Masech Chagiga Malz of everybody on Chagiga and on Seder Moed. And Bezashem, tomorrow we will pick up with Yvonne.